This is Sam Beerig, host of Credo's Biblical Theology podcast, where biblical theology is placed in conversation with the great tradition. This is our installation episode. Uh, Dr. Barrett, you are the guest. Um, I am the guest. Everybody's a guest. It's the first round, uh, first first one um, installation here. And so happy to have you on, happy to discuss uh, this new project um, that you've you've said was good to go. And uh, so, yeah. Happy to have you on. Yeah, how you this, feel about it? I, I'm so excited about this podcast. Well, it, I, I can't take credit for it, Sam. It was your idea. So okay. let me just make that clear in case anyone's wondering. This was Sam Beerg's idea. What about a biblical theology podcast? And out of all things, under the the credo umbrella, yep. I I just love it because we have all kinds of readers and listeners who love theology. And so they come to Credo. But then there's just this strange new world out there called biblical theology. Yep. And uh, believe it or not, we believe in that too. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and so why not bring in uh, all, all of those biblical theology lovers and do something that uh, needs to be done more, right? Yep. Biblical theology in conversation with the great tradition? I'm, who's not? Who does not want to listen to your episodes on this. Who, who does that not <laughs> include? That is the question. Yeah. I mean, that that's the idea. And you've been uh, kind to, to say yes to it and giving me tons of help and, and thinking on how to how to move forward with it. And uh, so I'm, I'm glad, very excited about where it's going. We thought uh, what we do on this first one, you and I discussed uh, reading a portion of uh, a preface out of Calvin's Institutes yeah. as sort of a launch pad. Um, and a, a spirit of sorts, little s, um, of just where the podcast is going. And uh, so here, without further ado, what I think I'll do is just read this um, clip real quick, and then we'll just talk about it for a second, riff on it for a moment, um, and then discuss a little bit further where we're headed, where the conversations are going to go in the future, that sort of idea. So um, this will be a, you know, a church history devotion for people a little <laughs> bit, just briefly. Um, so the the types of folks we think that will be listening to this, I think will really enjoy it. So this is um, part of the preface in, I'm reading out of the beverage translation. It's Calvin in 1545, and it's the French edition published in Geneva, 1545. But this is what he has to say. Of his institutes. Of his institutes, that's right. And and in fact, just as a a note, my... my, um, it's spelled incorrectly on the Hendrickson uh, volume. And so I'm, let me look at yours. Let me see if yours, yours is not spelled incorrectly. So there's a, there's a, on the spine of the book is it for the crowd out there. That's what we're talking about. But make sure you get the, 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 the edition that spells, <laughs> that spells the title it. of Calvin's Institutes yes, correctly. Correctly. Both, both Hendrickson, we're both looking at the same one here. But let me just read this real quick and then we're going to talk about it, me and Dr. Barry here. But this is what Calvin says as he's explaining his reason uh, for writing uh, the Institutes here. So he says, in order that my readers may be the better able to profit by the present work, I am desirous briefly to point out that the advantage which they may derive from it. For by so doing, I will show them the end at which they ought to aim and to which they ought to give their attention in reading it. Although the Holy Scriptures contain a perfect doctrine to which nothing can be added, our Lord having been pleased therein to unfold an infinite treasure uh, of his wisdom, still every person not immediately, intimately acquainted with them stands in need of some guidance and direction as to what he ought to look for in them, that he may not wander up and down, but pursue a certain path and so attain 
the end to which the Holy Spirit invites them. And there's sort of a dot, dot, dot here, and I'm, I'm going to continue. He says, seeing then how necessary it, it was in this manner to aid those who desire to be instructed in the doctrine of salvation, I have endeavored, according to the ability which God has given me, to employ myself in so doing, and with this view have composed the present book. However, I may promise, so he, he talks about his ability to do that, his Latin edition, that sort of thing, and then he, mm. then he drops here, and this is where we're going to mainly focus, but we can talk about a lot of it here. So he, he finishes here with a flourish. However, I may promise this much, that it will be a kind of key opening up to all the children of God a right and ready access to the understanding of the sacred volume. Wherefore, should our Lord give me henceforth means and opportunity of composing some commentaries, which of course he did, uh, I will use the greatest possible brevity, as there will be no occasion to make long digressions, seeing that I have a manner, in a manner deduced at length all the articles which pertain to Christianity. So, in other words, for Calvin, he's saying doctrine, or what we may call systematics, if you're um, talking about the discipline specific, specifically, Calvin both serves um, us by trying to say, I, I'm going to give you theology mm-hmm. so you can read the scriptures better. And we tend to, often anyways, we kind of get those flipped. And Calvin himself uh, is the one sitting here saying, if you're going to interpret scripture, you got to get your theology right. Okay. Yeah. Um, he goes on to, stay, to say, um, he, he wrote this, he writes this brief book, right? And in the Hendrickson volume, <laughs> it's a, a thousand pages and, and each page is longer than the vast majority of any other page you're going to read. Um, and it's still a thousand pages, but he says, hey, I'm going to give you this key to understand scripture. That was his, his venture. And so I chose this little passage for, for me and you just to riff on a little bit as an intro, um, because in many ways, that's what this uh, podcast is going to be about. It's aiming at and, and hoping for is is trying to connect um, and sit at the crossroads of theology, exegesis, and um, and the new kid on the block called biblical theology, which isn't yeah. necessarily new. But um, yeah, so any thoughts from you on on just the the quote there or or the podcast, how, those sorts of things? Well, I think that this little these little comments um, to the French edition. 1545 are so revealing, right? Because you're exactly right, Sam. I think so often in the modern period and now in the postmodern period, uh, there's so many assumptions about biblical theology. Um, I, I can't tell you how many times I've encountered someone who's, you know, waving the biblical theology banner. But for them, that means hold systematic theology off. Uh, don't talk to me about anything related to theology or metaphysics or uh, philosophy. And all of that is an imposition. Uh, I just want to learn the biblical texts. And so you hold theology off until you, it's a bit subjective, right? Because for everyone it ends up being different apparently until uh, I have figured out everything that it would mean or could mean. And then okay, I'll open the door and maybe draw a few theological conclusions uh, as long as they don't in any way impose on the text. Uh, I was actually taught biblical studies this way long ago when I was a student, and I thought, well, goodness, uh, systematics is... uh, that's, that's something extra biblical, and mm-hmm. it's something that uh, is, is maybe even threatening to mm-hmm. a right reading uh, of Scripture. Mm-hmm. But when you read Calvin, he doesn't think that way. And it's yeah. not just Calvin. This isn't unique to right. Calvin. Yes. Um, when we look at many of the 
classical authors from the church fathers forward uh, to the the theologians of the Middle Ages to the reformers themselves, um, many of these pre-modern writers, they held theology and their biblical theology and their systematic theology hand in hand. Uh, These things were not enemies, but friends, and they're actually meant to serve each other and complement each other and really crucial ways. And I love what Calvin says here because first off, notice what he says at the very beginning. He says, we have the Holy Scriptures and they contain perfect doctrine, as he calls it. Nothing can be added to this. And he, the, the explanation for this is the infinite wisdom of God. Mm. Um, but Calvin doesn't see that. I think sometimes we take that that very basic premise and we think, okay, well then uh, we, we don't want to say anything theological because that would somehow, you know, mess with the scriptures. And Calvin sees it quite the opposite. He says, well, if the, this infinite treasure of God's wisdom is available to us, well, don't we all stand in need of some, of some guidance? And so here we go, he yeah. says, and he's, he's being so bold to say, I'm going to give you some of that guidance. In fact, in the very next paragraph, he mentions Christian philosophy right. as part of that task. But then, yeah, towards the end, that key paragraph you read, he really does see what he's doing as a key, yeah. uh, a key to opening up to the children of God a right and ready access to understand to, to really acquiring understanding. Right. Um, I don't think when, when he describes this, I don't think he sees theology as something, you know, you, sometimes people will draw like a pyramid. Okay. You've got exegesis and then you've got biblical theology. And then, and then you have this little tiny square, this tiny little triangle at the very top of the pyramid. That's, that's this magic theology. And you, that's on the very top. I don't think Calvin sees it that way as if, yeah. as if this comes last. I think he's saying you need to op- you need to use this key. Um, this is going to guide you so that if you have a, a good and proper theology in place, then you will be able to interpret the scriptures in a way that's also good and proper. Yeah. Uh, so in that sense, it really is a key for Calvin. And it's interesting that he mentions his commentaries here yeah. because, uh, as we know, he does go on to write many of those commentaries. And, of course, he's preaching at the same time. I, I think Calvin really intended for those in Geneva and beyond. I mean, this is the French addition. Uh, so we have to remember that many of these individuals, some are going out from Geneva, going back to France. Calvin doesn't know if he'll ever see them again. They may, yeah. they may die. I think he intends then for this theological summary to be a guide so that they can properly preach the scriptures and teach the scriptures to the church so that when they sit down and they're preparing for a sermon, for example, and they're opening one of Calvin's commentaries, I think Calvin is almost winking at them like, well, you had better also be opening my institutes uh, because you need to know something about, say, uh, you know, the hypostatic union. Right. If you're going to understand a text like John five and preach it to your church on Sunday, yeah. so I think that is that um, Calvin's desire here to understand this summary of Christian doctrine. He doesn't see this as a last step by any means. This is uh, in many, in some ways, a first step to then uh, a healthy, what he calls a profitable reading. Mm-hmm. We could probably insert the word interpretation as well 
of the Old and New Testaments. I think that's one way to say what we might say today, which is Calvin considers theology essential Mm -hmm. from the start to a Christian reading of Scripture. Yeah. I I think it's interesting in in just thinking about what he's saying here and the state of things now, state of things then, trying to reflect to the best of my ability on just the history of interpretation and those sorts of things is what what's true is we we all have a key that we use when we open up scripture you're going to combine your theology be that weak or strong um, uh, we're going to have a worldview naturalistic or uh, biblical those sorts of things and we're all, we have a key so we're going to use that key to try to open up um, the scriptures when we open them but the question is simply and obviously is it a good one yeah and so he yeah. he is saying I'm going to try to give you a good key that will yeah. open up um, the sacred volume before you um, and it's going to be a right and ready one um, and he's referencing theology so he, yeah. he's saying uh, you know this is massively important that yeah. you that you have God right you have a proper theological understanding as you open the sacred text. Um, and of course, there's allowance made, and we would all grant that for this is a new Christian, and they're going to begin to grow. But that's what pastors mm-hmm. are for. That's what um, uh, theology is for, and, and those yeah. sorts of things. So, and um, I, you know, something else we should probably add to yeah. this whole conversation is, I think you, know, you you could be tempted, right, to think, oh goodness, you know, you look at the institutes and you go, wow, this must have been for you know, some advanced student of his. (laughs) No doubt the students in Geneva were reading it. But we should also remember Calvin is applying this same approach to the church at large, Mm -hmm. and that includes children. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I think we forget that Calvin was involved with the writing of confessions and catechisms. Right. And so if you are a, a little boy or girl in Geneva uh, you are actually being taught the catechism and as an adult as well. Right. Uh, let's say you're, you're coming out of the Roman Catholic Church and this whole Protestant thing is new to you in Geneva. Well, you are being taught the catechism as well. And this isn't happening somewhere down the road, like once you've mastered your Bible right. and you yep. have it memorized. Uh, in many cases, this is happening as a first step. So that you know the Ten Commandments, you know the Lord's Prayer, you're able to answer questions about uh, what does it mean to be right with God, Um, and and so much more, so that when you then open the Scriptures, you are able to interpret them in a way that's actually faithful and true, and and as Calvin's Institutes will say, uh, create godliness within you. So I just find that remarkable. I mean, just personally, you know, I'm, I, you and I both teach students right. here at uh, Midwestern Seminary and Spurgeon College, but you and I both have kids and, mm-hmm. and we go home and we, we also both uh, live and work and, and, you know, breathe in the church. Right. And so whether in the church or at home, I find this to be really true. Yep. You know, introducing some theology first mm-hmm. Uh, to my seven-year-old or my fifteen-year-old, or to that that thirty-five-year-old uh, lay lay person in, in the pew, is really quite crucial. Right. So that when you get up there on Sunday morning and open a text of Scripture, they have certain boundaries in place, yeah. and they have a a clear path and a guide to know how to interpret the text and how not to. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I'm I'm chuckling over here a little bit because. In, in catechizing my children, I remember overhearing a discussion between one 
sibling and another, um, <laughs> and and one was chastising the other to some degree and, and uses direct language from the catechism. And he he says, uh, he goes, insert sibling, other sibling's name. Here he goes, God does not have a body like man. You know? <laughs> and uh, and I just thought it was actually, I mean, to, to your point, and, and, and again, just riffing off of Calvin, I, I, was, I was so encouraged um, yeah. by God's grace in that moment and thinking the conceptuality and, and apparatus, for lack of, you know, better terms, that, that he is— Coming to the, t- he can't even read, like when he was saying that. But the the how he's going to come at the text is is frankly very different than the yeah. way that I did because yeah. that wasn't a part of my, mm. you know, my growing up and those sorts of things. And so, yeah, his theology is then going to you know light up as he reads Galatians or he reads Matthew or Second Kings or wherever he finds himself. He's going to have um, mm. a picture of God um, in his in his mind, and and that's going to be. Uh, attuned to what Calvin is after yeah. here, attuned to his catechism, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. And so, yeah, I think it's really, really significant. Well, well, this has been a really helpful conversation. I, I think maybe, uh, did you have anything you wanted to say maybe about the podcast? I thought we'd give them a little bit of a taste as well. Um, any thoughts or I can well, launch I, into? Yeah. I mean, first and f- the first thing I want to say is, you know, I've been I've been the host of the Credo podcast yep. for so many years that's focused more on systematic theology. And I'm, I, my plan is to continue down that road. Yep. Yep. But I'm just really glad that, you know, in the studio next to me, we've, yep. we've got you here, yep. um, Sam, because you've devoted so much of your life and studies and ministry to biblical theology. Mm-hmm. And you and I have had these type of conversations yep. before. And so it's just so exciting to, to see, okay, great. Let's let's actually uh, take this on the road, so to speak. Yep. And Sam, uh, I mean, I'm just part of this one on Calvin, but Sam is, he is leading up a whole host of episodes uh, with some outstanding biblical theologians as well as some, we can throw in some systematic theologians yep. there, yes. here and there yep. as well. And I, I just, I think what I'm looking for, forward to most is, you and your guests connecting these dots yep. Yep. between biblical yep. theology so that we actually read Scripture as Christian Scripture in the end. Yeah, that's great. Well, let me just mention to, to the hearers out there um, just a few things, just as Dr. Barrett has mentioned. We are trying to uh, be in that matrix um, of a historical theology, uh, a creedal understanding, classical theology, those sorts of things, but also trying to apply that to even modern commentary or, or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And and there will be flashpoints that will bring up some of the things just for the hearers out there. We're going to look, try to look at um, Bart's Romans commentary. What was so significant? Why, why did that, why did that take place? And why was it um, known to be, you know, a bomb on the on the theologians' playground? That sort of idea. Luther's Galatians commentary. Um, we're going to try to look over Voss and his biblical theology. What a water watershed moment that was. Some other um, some guests that we we have lined up is Craig Carter talking about divine authorial intent, mm. where you find meaning in the text. Ched Spellman talking about the role of backgrounds and in interpretation. So that's a, a deeply and inherently exegesis oriented thing. Mm. But we're going to try to bring out canon ideas and 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 theology there. Mitchell Chase is going to help us answer the question of what is biblical theology. Jonathan Pennington, a great um, Matthew scholar and, and just New Testament scholar, he's going to help us think about Trinitarian readings of, of Matthew uniquely. Mm. And um, so, those are some of the things that are coming down the pike for for folks. And and uh, I, I'm very excited about it. Very encouraged about early signs that I've been able to see of, of what it will look like. And and I think uh, it'll be 
uh, edifying, you know, to the listener and, and, and hopefully useful uh, just for, for thinking and for the soul. And so, yeah, thanks for, for giving us a shot at it. So, Well, can't wait to hear it. I think this is a podcast. It doesn't matter whether you're in biblical theology or systematic theology or you love history. This is a podcast for everyone. That's great. Okay. Well, to many more. This podcast is a product of Credo Magazine. For more resources like this, visit credomag.com. The theme song for the Biblical Theology Podcast is Space Cadet by Philanthropy and Sleepy Fish, provided courtesy of Chill Hop Music. This podcast is hosted by Dr. Sam Beerig and produced by Ben Van Holstein.